If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here today with Mayor Brett Anderson of Farmington. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's fun to talk to different mayors, especially new mayors. Yeah, it's nice that there's a there was a whole set of new mayors that seemed to have been elected in this last cycle. And yeah. when you show up at the COG meetings or whatever, you can kind of tell who we are. <laughs> right, because um, we're standing there yeah, <laughs> looking and, around. But it makes you feel a little more comfortable realizing you're not the only one trying to figure out how to take your next stride. Yeah, it's really true. It's nice. It, and it's been nice to be able to learn together. Yeah. And and a lot less intimidating, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Someone asked me, well, are you enjoying being mayor? And I said, yeah, it's actually been fantastic. But I think it's been more enjoyable, at least for me and for you, because we both came from council. So it doesn't seem like it was such a long, hard bridge to cross, you know, going from a council chair to a mayor chair. How do you feel about that? I, I agree. Um, having that exposure on the city council um, it helps you to hit the ground running. You're already familiar with the issues. You've, you've wrestled with a lot of the issues. Um, you've kind of seen the wave coming um, before exactly. it even hits the beach. And so, and, and you've been hit by waves. <laughs> right, and exactly. so, you know, as you're out there, you, you kind of navigate those waters a little, a little more comfortably. And yet there's, um, I found somebody asked me a similar question. A lot of people ask me that same question. Like, do how do you, what do you think about being mayor? And a lot of ways when you're when you're not a voting member, it's a different kind of it's different, feeling. isn't it? Uh-huh. It it really is. That's been kind of hard for me a little bit. Yeah. Has it been a challenge for you a yeah. little bit? Because you want to get in there, but you realize that the city elected five other people to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you want to give your opinion, but you also realize you're no longer a voting member of this body. Um and yes. so it's I that's agree. a that's a difficult. I shouldn't say difficult. It's it's an interesting dynamic. It's been it is interesting and it's strange to me because people. Well, my brother in law, he said, "Why would you give up your power, your quote power, you know, as a council member to be the mayor?" And I thought, well, because I can, you know, I don't know, do more outreach and I can engage a little bit more with businesses and things like that. But it is kind of hard not being able to vote on on right. issues that. Yeah. I'm passionate about because uh, you do have an opinion, mm-hmm. and now it's just an opinion. Whereas before it was a vote. So, do um, you share your opinions? As, I do during the meetings. Okay, um, and, but I try. I try. I really do try to be respectful, and I try to stay in my lane. Same, um, same. Because I realize the role that I'm supposed to play, and and this is how government's supposed to work. And but I do want them to think about the issues, and so I'll explain, you know, how I see it, or or what what concerns I have, or what benefits I see. And um, that's smart. And then, then you kind of have to take a step back. Yeah, take a step back and and know that people will vote appropriately. Yeah, according to what they believe is a good idea. Right. One of the things that I was going to ask you about is uh, work sessions during council. I know some cities do a separate work session before council. We have our work session within our council meeting. What do you guys do? So we start 
we start our work session right before our city council meeting. So like say tonight, we'll either start at five or six. I don't I don't remember what time. I always mm -hmm. just head over around five, right? That's what I do too. Seems like it's <laughs> right. better safe than sorry. And so we go meet in a different room. Anyone can come and we hammer out um, issues or we study something. And then we actually move out of that and we go into the open um, meeting where That's a good I idea. guess into the city hall as you, I don't know what you'd call yeah, the other room, the, the other room, the big uh, room. The city hall. Yeah, yeah. That's what we call it too. The um, conference room, council so room. So it's kind of like one, it, and it feels like two separate meetings, but it really, you just basically pick up your binder and walk out of one room and go into another and room and, and keep going. And keep so. going. Do you do that once a month or every meeting? Every meeting. Really? Interesting. So then how long do your council meetings go? Oh. Do they? Probably like yours. Yeah, I mean, sometimes late. Sometimes you look at the agenda, you're like, oh, we're getting out early tonight. <laughs> and then you're there till 1130. <laughs> exactly. And other times you look at the agenda and you're like, how did we get out at 830? Um, we have that happen. So I, I, my wife now, when I tell her like, oh, we have a light agenda, she just laughs. She's like, just don't even tell me. Just, just see you when I see I you. I see you when I see you. Are you still a bishop? I got released okay. um, in was, January. Boy, I kept thinking, boy, that's a lot. Of meetings. That, um, so that worked out timing. I had one you. month of overlap. Did you? Okay. Where, um, so I'd been in for about five years and I had one month of overlap, but that was pulling me. I mean, I, mean, I felt like, remember I, back in the, like in the 80s, they had that toy Stretch Armstrong. Mm -hmm. I felt like, felt. except not as muscular and strong as Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> but I felt, I mean, I was just getting pulled in too many directions. It was hard. And plus working full time and right. like most of us actually have jobs and right. businesses and things too. Right. I think, has it surprised you? What, what has surprised you, I guess, about being mayor? I suppose the biggest surprise, and, it, and I know that it's probably um, an inadequate response for the, the citizens. A lot of times they'll come to me with an issue that I don't control or that I don't have any say over. Mm -hmm. And you listen to them and, and you want them to feel heard, but there's very little I can do about it. I was surprised at how often that would come up where I would be like, oh, that's really not my, yeah. I have no control over state highways. I have no control over what the county does. I have, no, you know, like, and I don't like to use the word control like I'm a control freak. Maybe I should say I have no voice in that. Right. Have, it, it, no, it's, it's, it's not within our power to change or to make right. decisions regarding. That's been a big surprise for me as well. And probably for all of my neighbors and friends yeah. who thought, oh, good, I'll just call her for everything. Yeah. And she can just make it happen. Right. Because even some simple things, I mean, our main street's controlled by UDOT. It's a UDOT road. Right. And so, you know, the high school wants to put a banner over main street. We have to get permission through UDOT to do that. And UDOT has told us no. Of course. And so things like that that I think, well, that's a great idea. Why can't we do that? I, I can't do. Yeah. And so I've been surprised by that as well. And the fact that you mentioned staying in your own lane. There are specific lanes and roles that we've been elected to fulfill. Yeah. And it's mine's not administrative as far as staffing goes. And I don't make any of those decisions. Exactly. And I'm not invited to those meetings. Yeah. And just because we're here as mayors, we don't, we're not all knowing. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah. And so that, I mean, I wonder if by about the time we get good at it, it'll probably be our four year mark and probably. people will vote us out of office and put <laughs> someone else in when we finally know what we're doing and how to do it effectively. Probably. That um, seems that seems like what happens at I, least. And yet I'm like in favor of term limits, right? Like I really am. And I think like back in Washington, DC on a national level especially, 
people get so entrenched mm -hmm. and the system just um, continues to, to, to plow forward mm -hmm. with all these people that have an interest in getting reelected rather than doing a good job. Um, and I, I, I really wish we had a way to stop them and say, you know what, you've served enough, get out, let the mm -hmm. new, per, the new people in. It kind of has a way of defeating special interests. And I, I agree with that. I really do. I do think that it would have to be a constitutional amendment on, on a federal level, because otherwise it's yeah. going to self-limit the control, yeah. the, the influence that they have. I mean, it's a disadvantage to it states is. to maybe do that, but at a local level, completely understand that so it's it, a good idea to so it's interesting for me to say like right when somebody's good at what they do we should kick them out but then i'm like well maybe we should because turnover is good T turnover is good and it makes it it makes for great opportunities for other people to serve yeah one of the things that i've heard that's been frustrating for people is you know they'll say because i've talked to a lot of people hey why don't you run for something you really seem like you want to be involved yeah especially some of the people on facebook that are very vocal very knowledgeable i'll say really get involved run You'd be great at it, mm -hmm. but they don't want to do it for various reasons. But mostly, I think it's money. It's expensive to run for office. Yeah, it's crazy expensive. So, I, you know, my husband says, well, maybe we should just put a limit on how much you can spend, but then people get really creative. So, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole campaign finance is, seems fraught with problems. Mm -hmm. um, the super PACs and the hidden money, and you don't know who's supporting whom. And... There, it just seems like we've created a, a process and a system that does more harm than good. I and I don't know how to that. fix that. I, yeah, I don't know if, it's, if the ship has sailed too far. I was going to ask you, so why did you decide to get involved oh my gosh. in politics? That's a great question. question. Everyone always asks us, right? Because right? no sane person would do this. That's exactly um, right. It's not a normal thing. No, and, and it's not like you're doing it because... As you walk down the street, people cheer your name, and you know <laughs> right, you, I get right. more negative emails than positive oh, emails. I do right? Too. Okay, so there's it's not like it's feeding my ego at all, um, and it's not good for my for my law practice. It's bad for my law practice. <laughs> I mean, it? the amount of money that I lose by not billing and working is astronomical. <laughs> yes, um, I agree. So then people say, "Why do you do it?" You know, I I think I baby stepped my way into this. I got um, way back in the day. Mayor Harbertson asked me to serve on the planning commission. And so I was like, great okay, guy. right? Mm -hmm. A great guy. Super and and guy. I did it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then um, I was on that for five years. And then near the end of my, of my four-year term, so I was on one year as an alternate and then four years as a regular, you know, people, people in the city started saying, hey, maybe you ought to consider running for council. And I, I've dealt with these issues mm -hmm. that you start to feel vested in them. Right. Like, I, I want to see how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. I want to help continue to steer this in a healthy direction. So then you throw your hat in the ring to run for council, which campaigning is the absolute worst. It's awful, um, isn't it? Oh, I still, like, even this last. <laughs> I still have Tammy, PTSD. <laughs> yes. I'm driving down the street and I see all these signs and I can feel my heart, like my blood pressure go up. <laughs> and I'm not even running. And it just brings it all back. Me too. I, oh. I was so grateful I wasn't running. Oh, so, oh, so grateful. Yeah. And unless, you, unless you've had your name out on a sign next to somebody else's name, you don't know what that feels like. It's such True. a, it's so hard. It's such a personal process. thing mm -hmm. to put yourself out there too. Yeah. And, and, and then it's risky because then you feel like if I don't get elected, then 
Am I a horrible person? Mm-hmm. Do people think I'm a moron? Yeah. Like it's it's you <laughs> know, there's a lot to process. True. So then I ran for council, um, and I got in, and I served on the council for my four year term. And Mayor Talbot started putting a bug in my ear, like maybe you ought to think about running for mayor. Um, continue to see these things through. We got big issues that we're working on, and it took him about three years to to get me. So I, I ran again. So he asked you, and it took you three so, years after that to. It, so I was I was probably in my third year, um, but he still got three years left, right? And so, but he's starting to think about his exit strategy and who he would like to see. Um, oh, okay. Running that's really city. nice to have the support oh, of the that, incumbent mayor. Really nice, right? I mean that mm-hmm. that's a nice little pat on the back, and probably undeserved, but a nice pat on the back. Well. Um, deserved. You did well, really well. So, so then, so then I, I decided to run again just so that I could keep that door unlocked. I hadn't decided whether I was going to do it, but I knew that it would be easier for me to run for mayor if I was still a sitting city council member. Mm-hmm. So I had that to run sense. again, um, which was more of that nauseating, like mm-hmm. vomit in your mouth. Right. Especially the second time to think, okay. Oh. If Here I we don't go. win, they, they do hate me. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's kind of just how it just baby-stepped its way into it. And then on the day that I had to put my name on the, um, where you go sign up at City Hall, you know, it was the afternoon of the last day. Oh, I mean, right. I was really like, man, am I going to do this? Am I really going to do this? And, and finally, I drove down there, nauseous, cold sweat, you know, and <laughs> there you go. I don't, I don't know that people really understand how much thought and effort it you put into running and it's a family event it's a family i mean you drag your spouse through it your kids through it your extended family i mean you know they're all helping do signs and flyers the heroes yeah being the parades and because who would want to do that exactly and there's your family supporting you and who would want to do that yeah it it is nice to have the support and i think it's great when wonderful people who truly want to serve like you step up and do it because it's really easy to sit back and complain yeah you know we see that and i used to be that guy not not, not in a very vocal because we didn't have social media but it was mm-hmm. easy to stand on the sidelines and and raise your shoulders and shrug at what they're doing mm-hmm. like why is the city doing this or why why doesn't why don't they care about density why do they not care about traffic you know and all the things mm-hmm. and then you get into it and you're like okay a they do care mm-hmm. b they're citizens of the city too you know, why would they want a bad home environment? Like, exactly. They're trying to make good decisions. And I didn't appreciate that until I got into it. Farmington's grown quite a bit. Yeah. We're all a little jealous, maybe a lot jealous yeah. about what you have going in at Station Park. I was, I've been curious. There's a lot of density. Do you get any complaints oh. from your community because it's on the west side and they're, or, or are they just okay with it? Because no, you've got no one's great okay tax with bases. Um, it's, it's the one thing if you were to sit, when I was on the planning commission is when all of that original zoning kind of took place and, and all the density kind of got predetermined at that point, right? I mean, this oh. is back in like 07 or something like that. A yeah. lot of that zoning um, and master planning was done. And I remember on the planning commission when I got on, it, it always, anytime you deal with density in apartments, there's just gut wrench, you know? It's true. And um, people don't like it. They don't like it. And I didn't like it. And still, when you drive by, there's a party just like, ah. And then as I've gotten further into this and I've spoken with national experts 
about how to keep a vibrant um, commercial center like Station Park afloat. Every one of them that came in, and I was anti-density, and I still am. Um, they would come in and they'd say, no, you need, you need apartments and you need townhomes next to your commercial development because they support the daytime population of that place. Mm -hmm. The rest of you are going to work. You're going to school. You're sitting at home eating lunch. The people that are living right there, they'll walk out of their apartment. They'll walk downstairs. They'll go eat lunch at the restaurant. They'll walk back up. Like mm -hmm. They are a daytime population. So the, the rest of you that live in the suburbs come in in the after hours, you know, afterwards. And, and enjoy then. the amenities. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and so I wasn't buying that. I'm just like, come on, you're just selling it to me because you want, because apartments are an easy sell. Um, and then we went on tours. We actually flew to Denver and we toured all these different um, commercial developments. And they showed us the ones that had housing components next to them that were thriving and the ones that didn't, that oh, weren't thriving. Interesting, yeah. And we're just like, okay, maybe there's some there's truth something. to this. And so it really is this fine line of um, how much is too much, how much is just enough. Mm -hmm. And that's the secret sauce because you don't want your commercial development to, to crash. I mean, there's a, there's a development in Salt Lake City that we all know about. You know, mm -hmm. there's City Creek and then mm -hmm. there's the Gateway mm -hmm. and one's doing well and the other's not. Um, and yeah. if it starts to crash, it can, it can be a cancer to everything around it. It's true. And so we're trying to find that balance. And so our well, heart's in the right place. It's just well, hard. Well, it is. And I mean, it's so nice. It's nice to be able to go to Station Park and drive over yeah. there. And then you've got the old Farmington, and then you've got the new Farmington. Yeah. So you kind of have that, that division with I-15, I guess, kind of separating you. With Kaysville, we have, I don't know how big Farmington is in terms of miles. Kaysville's 10 square miles, and we don't have a big area anymore. Of end up Are you built out for the We're most part? We're mostly built out. We've got maybe four, four, um, privately owned farms, you know, with a little bit of acreage, but, but not a lot of, not a lot of undeveloped land. Is it near so, your commercial or is it near your residential? Like, do you guys have an opportunity for a bigger commercial footprint or? We, we do in, I think that there are maybe two areas that we do. They're both privately owned. And I think right now the property owners don't want to consider selling. Mm -hmm. They like farming and that's great. But in the future, if they or their family members at some point decided to sell, we could have a little bit more of a vibrant area if it was redeveloped yeah in that way and it's it's hard because you know it's mostly east side because Kaysville was kind of master yeah. planned to be two units an acre on the west side and so the sewer capacity and the water everything was built out to support that and so it's hard because our east Kaysville people you know residents are mm -hmm. saying why is the density here well because it was master planned that way yeah you know and so we're trying to to make that argument to to sort of even it out within the city and not cluster it. So it's so hard. It and, is. And then you hear the um, the horror stories. And I don't know if these are, I don't know if these are real. I don't know if they were intentionally um, misleading. Misleading is a really loaded word. I shouldn't say that. I should say intentionally motivating us, or whether um, it's a complete fabrication. But you started hearing stories how the state legislators mm -hmm. down there are so worried about the housing crisis. That if we if we the cities don't find solutions to the housing crisis, that they're going to force solutions on us mm -hmm. and solutions that we're not going to like, like mm -hmm. like take away our zoning rights, um, and then allow apartments to go up anywhere in your city, right in the middle of a single family neighborhood. Yeah, and so and they hold that hammer over our head, saying, "If you guys don't get serious about finding housing solutions, we're going to thump you on the head with this hammer, and then everyone's going to be miserable." 
So, so yeah, here we are like, so. okay, we're dealing with that. Right. And and our residents don't know that. Right. Generally speaking. Right. You know, because we'll explain to them, look, we had to create a affordable housing plan. Mm-hmm. We had to amend our general plan. Every city did. We had to do all of these things. And we do have the state legislature making those statements. Yeah. Saying, okay, we're going to fix this problem with or without you. Exactly. You know. The one size doesn't fit all approach. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and that's where I'm saying, like, I don't know if they're just saying that to motivate us. Or if they're really saying that, saying I, like, if you, if you guys don't fix it, we will. Um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that that would actually pass where we have no zoning. I can't it's either, just all but... just housing. But I mean, it, it could happen. I, I can't imagine. I guess with, with, in Kaysville, we're thinking, okay, even if worst case scenario that did happen, we still don't have a lot of undeveloped areas. But what we do have are we have half acre lots that could then become, yeah. you know, 20 houses or something yeah. potentially. It would yeah. be it would be strange and it would completely change everything. So, but it's know. enough of a it's it would be there's bad. enough um, realism to the threat that mm-hmm. makes makes you take it seriously as as a mayor of Kaysville. You have to yes, look at it. And say we do, and um, and we're telling people, look, we don't want to be the only bad player. We've got to cooperate to a point yeah. and to do our part. Yeah. That doesn't mean we become Clearfield or Layton or yeah. you know yeah. anywhere else, but. Yeah, it's challenging. Crazy, huh? It's challenging and it's fun. It's challenging and fun. I get the most random emails and phone calls. Someone left a message today and our city manager Shane said, I don't know why people are calling. <laughs> Some somebody from Nevada left a message and said, Hey, uh, we have a fire engine that you'd probably want to buy. <laughs> and he Just left like his phone over. Yeah. We have a fire engine. And I said, Shane, I don't know if this is a legitimate That's call funny. or not. You're going to drive down there and go get a test drive? Am I going to go test drive it? I don't know. Drive it home? What are you guys doing about water? Because that's kind of everybody's big issue right now. Well, water. So Weber Basin has their Flip the Strip program. Yeah. Um, They made it very cumbersome for cities like ours. They don't have a huge staff. We can't really participate. So we decided early on, we looked at it uh, and we said, okay, is this something we can participate in? Do we have the staff? Do we have the manpower to meet the requirements? We decided that we didn't. And so we told our community, look, we're going to wait and see if maybe they change their mind. We're also waiting to see if maybe we get some federal money to help with this mm-hmm. from the state. And so we've encouraged people to trash their grass, you know, mm-hmm. uh, zero escape. We haven't adopted the plan. We've had a lot of community members and residents upset about that, but we're waiting still. What have you guys, what have you done? Well, we had we had adopted whatever ordinance they required you to adopt so that you could make your residents eligible for the, like the flip the strip portion of that um you know for new development we're limiting the amount of 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 your yard that can be grass we are doing Um, that as well and that was that was a good move um you know like i flipped my strip but i didn't follow weber basins um multifactorial qualifications and so apparently i'm already disqualified from it because somebody (laughs) didn't come out and confirm that and i didn't care i'm just like whatever it's still the right thing to do yeah but it but it did show me that their process isn't super user-friendly and i wished it was a little more user-friendly for the residents um they could i wish it was they could participate easier do you guys are you mostly secondary water yeah okay so we're benchland or we were we are too we have three water districts in caseville so that makes it super confusing too. Yeah. When a water line's broken, you yeah. know, people call the city. Um, I've had my neighbors say, look, why is my grass drying? This is your fault. And I've said, look, we don't control secondary water. Right. And so we've had to try to have those conversations and try to educate people and just kind of handhold, handhold, hold their hand through that process so mm-hmm. they know who to go to. I'm hoping that Weaver Basin will 
change their program enough so that Kaysville, because we just don't have a huge staff. Yeah. We just don't. We've got, <laughs> we just don't have a ton of, we don't have a very big business base. Yeah. So um, we have to be very lean as a city. Are you feeling the um, the pinch? Maybe let me phrase this a different way. Are are the staff members and the employees that you have for the city feeling the pinch from inflation? Like we are we're seeing this upward pressure on wages and salaries mm-hmm. for these hard workers that just are struggling to make ends meet. Um, you know, when, if you're an entry level employee making twenty dollars an hour um, and gas goes up to five fifty or whatever, yeah. That, that has a devastating impact on your budget. Oh, absolutely. Um, and some of them, you know, you, I talk with some of these people and they're like, I can't even eat lunch anymore. Like, you, you don't understand, Mayor. Like, there's not enough money for this me is... to have, because rent went up, housing went up, um, gas went up, food went up, mm-hmm. everything's going up. Mm-hmm. And yet they're making this wage that really didn't go up. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys experiencing that? Or It's been hard. We've experienced that, I think, even more so with our... Uh, first responders. Yeah. Um, we did in January, or I don't know, March or something, we had a um, recommendation from staff to increase wages for fire or for police, which we did because we had to. I think we had seven openings or something mm-hmm. like that, 12 vacancies, and we couldn't fill them because people weren't even, they weren't even applying. Yeah. And our chief said it was the first time in the history of his yeah. existence experience not having received uh, responses to application openings. So so it's been hard for us that way. As far as staff, I haven't directly heard how hard it is, but I know it's it's hurting people. It's it's difficult. And even a lot of um a lot of our staff can they even afford to live in Kaysville. Yeah. Because right. it's so expensive. Right. And so I know that it's definitely causing problems for people. And we're trying to make wise decisions. I mean our council voted not to do truth and taxation this year. We've done it for the last four years, but we said we'll just take a fund balance and be really lean. Which is hard. Not higher. Next year, it's going to be a harder discussion to have. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone is so aware and we're trying all to do our part to help out, but the inflation is killing us. I was driving my my UTV to work to Kaysville City. Oh, nice. (laughs) Just because it's fun to drive. Sure. And it's a lot cheaper to fill up. Yeah. And I drive around in a circle work, city, home. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be a challenge. Challenging decisions. It's, it's a different time to be alive. It's been stressful for people. What we're really trying to do, though, is we've gone back to our departments and said, okay, don't ask for anything. Make do with what you have, you know, and just, mm-hmm. just be as lean as possible. And, and I'm sure that's what you're doing as well. I mean, every city is having to have those conversations. Yeah. And the hard part is, is, um, trying to maintain the status quo. And then um, what I see as a bigger challenge is just maintaining the employment, um, having all of your labor force stay, uh-huh. you know, and not get enticed away by some other city, yeah. um, which there's a lot of pressure right now. And so cities are getting desperate and they're saying, look, I need somebody. Mm-hmm. And so we'll pay a little more. And then every city needs somebody. I mean, we all need we all need our street crew. We all need our first responders. We all need our parks and recs. I mean, our people have come to um, expect that they're going to have basic levels in the city. And so it, it becomes really difficult to balance all of these demands. We've had a hard time even hiring people to rough games. Kids. Same. We can't find kids. We can't find kids to mow lawns. Part-time employees. I don't know where everybody's gone. Yep. 
but they're not applying at Kaysville City. So then we, you know, they said, okay, do we need to give them a hoodie when they apply and a hat or a t-shirt? I mean, what can we do that doesn't cost a lot to try to get people to come and apply? And it's just, there's a shortage of workers. There is. And it is stressful. We did do a, we approved a cost of living increase this last budget. Um, just because we have to maintain at least, like you yeah. said, we don't want to lose the people we have. It's so expensive to lose employees and to have to start over and to recruit and to train and to um, go through that whole process. And it's bad for morale. It's bad for morale. And so we are trying to do everything that we can do. You hope that um, the citizens, and I, and I suspect they do, I hope that they appreciate that. Just, just like when we were all in our careers, if somebody offered you a better pay and a different, um, different opportunities, people in the private sector move around all the time. Mm -hmm. People that work for cities do the same thing. They do. City and they'll move around, you know, and, and if you can't entice them to stay, mm -hmm. you'll lose them. It's true. And then, then you don't have somebody to go out and fix the water line when it breaks. Um, yes. And it, that is an expectation and that's an as expectation. residents that we have. We want things fixed. We did change our policy. We had a, you know, a sick leave, time off, paid vacation. We changed it all to PTO, which I think helps a little bit. Oh. At least it gave people some flexibility. So they can go ahead and take the time. It's kind of all lumped into one big bucket. And they like that better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once they understood that they weren't losing anything, mm -hmm. it's just making it easier for them to utilize that time. So I think that Smart. people people did like that. So that was a good change that we made. I was going to ask you, as mayor, I, I do get this question. You probably do as well. What is your, do you have a, a one big goal or one big project oh, you'd like to gosh. see happen? I have this um, whiteboard in the mayor's office that, that I had them put up. I'm a very visual guy. I need to see things. And I haven't transferred. I have this list. It, I literally, it's like two pages of things that I'd like to accomplish that I need to go write on my whiteboard. Good. Um, there's not like a big project other than our business park. So we've got. That's going to be incredible. It's going to be huge. It's going to be um, huge. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to provide a lot of jobs for people in Davis County. And not, not just Farmington. I mean, Centerville, Bountiful, Kaysville, Fruit Heights. Layton, and it will help. Ideally, it helps reduce the amount of um, commuters that travel into Salt Lake County mm -hmm. for work and take some burden off of our highways and reduce some pollution. I mean, there's all sorts of good reasons for it, but that's probably the biggest, um, biggest issue that I want to see through and say when, when this four years is up, like, is that is that sucker rolling in the right direction? When um, will you start on that? Is it two hundred acres or? Oh my gosh! I mean, it's it's, it's going to be project. two and a half million square feet of office. That's going to be huge. Five hundred thousand square feet of retail. Really? Um, and then. Gosh, send a couple of those our way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we just need a couple. <laughs> we'll gerrymander part of a. We'll we'll redraw the boundaries. Well, well, you, that would be really helpful. Capture one of these buildings and bring it in. That. Now we're really fortunate to have. I mean, it, like the ship is headed in a good direction, and we're really mm -hmm. fortunate um, to be where we are. But that's probably the single biggest issue for our city. That would be great. Um, to try to get that, get that on the ground and in a good way, so it can start generating the property tax. Revenue that'll generate income for. Are you guys city. including a big uh, uh, parking center or parking? Well, yeah, each of know? the so there won't be like as as far as I understand, um, you know, because every once in a while there's tweaks and changes mm -hmm. to this big general plan. Oh, for sure, um, especially this one. Each of the each of the quadrants kind of has its own 
parking it. There's not going to be like some superstructure. You're not going to have some superstructure. Okay. Um, you know, and it's going to be transit oriented. We're going to have a hub that goes in for That'll UTA and try to really facilitate other ways to get to work. Is this um, planned for, so it's west of Station Park, right? In that big field. So if you, if you're looking at Station Park and then you think you, you know where our McDonald's is mm-hmm. that's north of that and the mm-hmm. Cabela's. Yeah. So it's everything that's north of all of that. Okay. Out in those fields that you'd that's, see. That's what will become the mm-hmm. business park. Gosh, that'll be incredible. So it, we're, we sent out um, our request for bids for the roads, and those came back, so we're going to be awarding a bid. And when the roads start going in, then everything will start That'll be really happening. nice. So it's like a really super um, tense moment for us right now. Like I'm, my pucker factor is really high. Really? Because um, when we sent out the bid for the roads, we have a we have a certain amount of money that we can afford, mm-hmm. and with inflation and everything, we started it's getting double. some feedback that it could be astronomically larger. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're thinking you got 18 million and the bids are going to be 31 million, you don't just have 13 million. Just none there. of us cities do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm freaking out as these bids are out there, and it's like, what are we going to do? Where this is a regional benefit, because like you said, it brings jobs in and it brings people in. And it supports, you'll have the, what do they call it, leak, leakage, I guess, mm-hmm. where people will go to other places and also spend money. Mm-hmm. Do you get, um, do you get county money? Do you get state money? Yeah, and we, we've been supported by COG, okay. um, some county money, and we're, we're going to the state. Um, in fact, we, we're going back to the state, kind of with our hat in our hand, asking for saying, because the bids did come in higher than what we've got. And I we're like, imagine. look, this is going to be an astronomical um, project. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we need some help. Like our little budget, I say little. <laughs> I, I know there's other cities that say, oh yeah, poor Farmington. Mm-hmm. Like, but we seriously. You have an Apple store, so we don't feel very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um But nobody can, obs- no, no city of our caliber, or even mm-hmm. like Kaysville, nobody in Davis County can just write a check for 13 million and cover a spread. Mm-hmm. Our whole budget's like 15 million, you know, and that's to pay for everything. Yeah. So we're we're a little... There's a little bit of tension is in there. Is that your general budget? Yeah, we're about 15, 16. 15. Yeah. Really? And then you have your, I guess you have other. Then we have well, our funds, you know. I was going to you say, your, you've got other funds yeah. in addition to that. But okay. our general budget's about. It's about 15. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've seen it at 13. I think I've seen it at 16. Yeah. Like, we'll see. Okay, right around there. We'll see where it ends up. Yeah. Like, do you have a do you have a project you're working on, like something big? Uh, we are working. So our projects are a little smaller. We are working on redeveloping Main Street, so we're working with UDOT on that project. We'd like it to be more commuter-friendly, more walkable, more open to uh, different kinds of businesses that will support the growth in the in the city on the Main Street area. Will they have to tear it up, or what would they do? Um, the plan is to move. We have a Hawk signal right here in the corner mm-hmm. that you probably saw. We're going to move that in front of where the old library building is, mm-hmm. kind of closer to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Move it there. Do some uh, UDOTs wa- wanting to do some traffic s- calming things like a median that goes down the middle with some trees and oh. stuff, and just to kind of calm the traffic. Their job is to move traffic. They keep emphasizing yeah. that's their job and that's their goal. So, but you want your main street. We walkable. we want it to be walkable. We want it to be a little bit more accessible to people. Yeah, a little more inviting so that we can support the businesses that are there and entice new nice. ones to come in. We've got a pretty good center in West Kaysville, so we want to support that. We've got some good restaurants now. And so my my main goal, I guess, is just to see Main Street redevelop. I'd like to see a couple of really good key 
retailers come in. Mm -hmm. Just help our tax base. So working on that. And and I really want to see that, make sure that the planning of our redevelopment is is smart. Yeah. You know, we don't have, um, when we first moved to Kaysville, my husband and I, West Kaysville was anything west of Main Street or Center Street, really. But everything west of I-15 was pretty open. And and I, I wish that we'd maybe put a little bit more thought into some of that growth. I mean, there was off, there was a plan, obviously, but people change. Yeah, you know, yeah. our kids don't want a half acre lot. They're tired of hearing us as parents complain about it and mow it and make them work it. Yeah, they just want a townhome or they want something that's easy. And so I think that that's kind of the trend. And so it's it's it we're changing what we want. It, but that is a hard message to say to people that don't want your city to change. Exactly. I and get, I'm one of them. I don't want it to either. Really. Yeah. So. And that I find that there's a lot of tension in that, that the, the new, the next generation doesn't want what we had. And so when they come in saying, we don't mind, we don't mind a, a, um, a development where the houses are closer together and we have quarter acre lots or smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't mind all that. In fact, we want that. We don't want these big sprawling houses. We want, you know, a little They're more minimalistic They're and minim- they want to have adventures yeah. and experiences. Yeah. And then we want, and then we have members of our city say, no, force them into half acre lots. Mm-hmm. And because we like the open feel of it and it, there's a lot of tension there. It is. It's hard. Well, and people have invested so much into their homes. Mm-hmm. It's their retirement plan. It's their um, inheritance for the children. Yeah. And so it is hard. You know, you yeah. move to an area and th- thinking it's going to be something, and then it changes, it changes. And people just really get upset. And I don't blame them. I don't either. At the same time, I, I believe in property rights of property owners. You know, people get mad. Well, I didn't say that they could put that there on their lot. And I'm thinking, well... You don't own it. That's so hard. It is a hard thing to just be compassionate and empathetic and still make good decisions. Uh, I, I think that's probably the um, the biggest challenge of being a mayor. It is. Listening, um, trying to be empathetic, and then still trying to, and still try to do what's right for the city as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, representing the city and not always just one person. Um, and, yeah, and there's always true. that balancing act of, because sometimes you need to, Sometimes you need to represent that one person mm-hmm. because sometimes the rest of the city, um, you know, is at odds with the interests and needs of that person. But sometimes you need to represent the interests of the city over that one person. And finding how to do that is tricky. It, it is tricky. But I do. I really like what you said that, uh, you know, as far as term limits and just making decisions that are based upon what is truly best yeah, rather than is this going to get me kicked out of town and run out of town and I'm going to lose the next election because I don't think our decisions should be based upon that. Yeah. It really should be based upon doing the right thing. I was listening to, um, I was driving into Salt Lake city yesterday and I was listening to the radio and it was one of the, one of the news stations, you know, I just, I, I bounce through them. Whenever one goes to commercial, I go to another one, right? So I never know which one I'm on. <laughs> yeah, um, and they that. were talking about one of the cities in, su- in southern Utah County that years ago, they had enacted some sort of measure to force everybody to, every, every user to be, have metered water, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so unpopular that every city council member got voted out of office on the next. Really? But, but now they're looking at it and they're like, Oh, Whoa. what a good thing. <laughs> that was um, a great idea. Because now we all are aware and we can regulate our water better. But at the time, it was, 
-hmm. it was drastically unpopular because they had to raise everybody's monthly rate to to cover the meter costs and people were mad and fired up but there was a part of me i was driving i thought what a courageous group of people Mm -hmm. those men and women that voted in favor of that um knowing that they were going to get some public backlash and yet they did it Mm -hmm. and now in hindsight if you saw them in the store you'd pat them on the back say thank you for that yeah yeah exactly that's i want to be one of those people yeah and and make the right decisions for the right reasons right yeah. I agree. Brett, thank you so much. Hey, it's been really you. it's been great talking to you. It's been fun. Appreciate thank it. Thank you.